This episode is made possible by Red Raven Games. Be sure to check out their very popular titles like Above and Below, Near and Far, and Islebound. And stick around for details on how you can win a copy of their latest game that is truly out of this world. Yeah, I went there. I'm Spencer. And this is the Married with Board Games podcast. Welcome to episode 36. Hello. Thank you for welcoming me. You are welcome <laughs> for me welcoming you and you thanking me, so I welcome you. Hey, that probably threw people off. Like, what's this? Why is Laura starting off the show? Well, I mean, because I'm cooler than you. She is cool. Much cooler. I am. And because of that, I've decided that it would be awesome if we kind of switched off who's leading the, sh- the episode. Don't you agree? Yes, so you are taking a back seat now. <laughs> Here I am. Okay. I promise not to be a back seat driver. All right, so um, let's start off with a couple of exciting things that are going on. Cool. Um, first off, I think we kind of hinted at this last episode mm-hmm. that um, we did hint at it because we gave a hint. <laughs> like a very, very... A broad, broad. Oh, you think it was easy? Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, um, we are going to be doing a new 2018 survey, mm-hmm. and we want to hear from you, our listeners, what you think of our podcast, what you think we can improve on, what you like, yeah, um, and what you think is your favorite part of the show, mm-hmm. um, all those wonderful things that you like about it. And so we are creating a survey for you to fill out. But of course... How boring is that? Who wants to fill out a survey? Not me. Well, what if I were to tell you that you could be entered into a drawing to win a board game? I'm listening. Okay. Tell me more. Wonderful. I will tell you more. Um, as I mentioned at the top of the show, this episode is sponsored by Red Raven Games. Yes. And so, uh, with them sponsoring us, they have agreed to allow us to give away a copy of... Empires of the Void 2. To the Deluxe Edition. Wait a minute, wait a minute. So this is Empires of the Void. Right. And it's not Empires of the Void 2. Yeah, yeah. It's Empires of the Void 2 Deluxe Edition. That's right. What does that even mean? I think it just means you get metal coins. Mm, there's a little bit more. <laughs> you get you get the super cool um the the beast. Miniature. You don't even remember. I forget what his name is, but the beast miniature. The beastie. Reg- yeah, the the regular game. It's just a cardboard thing. There you go. But and the regular game is just mini. cardboard coins. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. Which um, the coins are triangular. They're so cool. It's really neat. They're so awesome. <laughs> They're very neat. And um, right. So this was a game that they kickstarted, mm-hmm. and so people who supported and backed the Kickstarter version got the deluxe edition. Right. Which, by the way, happens to be us. <laughs> yes. Through no permission of Laura, I kind of did it and then told her about it months later. Yes, because he had to build up the courage to tell me that he had <laughs> Absolutely done it. Absolutely right. <laughs> and so um, if you missed out on that Kickstarter, here is your opportunity to get this deluxe edition. Yep, because it's not sold in stores, kids. Right. Well, some of them are adults, too. <laughs> okay. I'm going to give them... Give them credit where credit's due. There you go. But I have some important details on how to enter this. Okay, I will relinquish the front seat for you for a minute. Thank you. I'm taking over the map here. I'm giving you the directions. Okay, enough what? of that analogy. Sorry, it doesn't work. But I'm going to continue anyway. So in order to enter to win the fabulous prize, we ask you to go take this survey, answer the questions, 
and then you'll be entered. But how do they do that? Yes. Where's the survey? Yes, so it's I've made it very easy for you. Marriedwithbg.com slash survey. Excellent. That's, that's all you gotta do. Well, that's step number one. Step number one. Marriedwithbg.com slash survey. Right. Fill out the questions. But before you can actually legally Submit your answers. Ooh. And be entered to win. What? You have to enter the secret phrase. <gasps> oh my goodness. So, Joe Blow, who's just following us on Twitter, can't just go in and fill out the survey that doesn't even listen to the podcast. Right. Because we, we don't want his feedback because it doesn't mean anything to us. Exactly. So you have to at least listen to at least this episode to get this, this secret code. Ooh, this is kind of diabolical. Yes. Would you like to know what it is? Well, I know what it is. Okay. Well, I'll keep everybody out of suspense. <laughs> It is Raven. Raven. Yes. So when you see the box for enter the secret word, just type Raven. Lowercase or uppercase. Hmm. Lower. No, uppercase. <laughs> we'll do uppercase. How about that? So all capital letters. No, no, no. Just the first one. <gasps> oh. Just like. Capital it, R. Yes. Proper noun. Okay. Raven. Got it. So <laughs> enter that. And then if you've done that correctly, it'll say. Congratulations. Thank you for your support. Awesome. For for entering. Um, If you don't enter it, it'll say, hey, you didn't listen to the show, did you? Naughty, 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 (laughs) naughty. So do that. There's a place for um, your email, us for us to get in in contact with you if you win. If you don't care about the prize, you don't have to enter that, but it is necessary if you want to win the prize. Great. All right. So um, we'll recap those instructions at the end of the show. Awesome. But some of you may be going, what on earth is this Empires of the Void 2 and why should I care? Well, you know what? That's going to usher us into our next portion of the episode. We're going to talk about some games we've been playing lately. Let's do it. And that's probably all we got for this episode. We're we're pretty busy with with moving and such. Right. We will have one more announcement at the end of the episode. We will. But um, for now, why don't we just go into reviewing games? And like Spencer said, we we helped support on Kickstarter Empires of the Void 2. So we got our deluxe edition copy. And so now we are going to tell you about the game. Yes, we are. Do you mind? You go ahead. Thank you. Um, so Empires of the Void 2, it's a sequel to Empires of the Void. It's not a reprint. It's not a redo, whatever. It's its, it's own thing. It's not. It's its own thing. <laughs> I'm sorry. You were doing Tom Hanks. I was doing Tommy Wiseau. <laughs> I was doing It Is Not. Okay. So Tommy over there. Yes. Um, so this is, you don't, have to, you don't have to have any knowledge of the first one to play this. It's, it's, Good, because yeah. I don't. So this is kind of a form of 4X style game you've got the explore expand exploit and exterminate or if, if those i might be wrong exterminate yep it's it's some of those and so everybody plays a different faction so you might be the humans or these lizard folk or this well no group. they're not lizard folk what are they lizard folk are in islebound well, and above and below they look like lizard folk sort of they're like an evolved version because yeah. this is in the future in space they're much more advanced Yes. And so just a different, there are five different factions you can play as, and they're not really different. They're not asymmetrical. They're player mats where you can get upgrades and, and stuff might be in a different order or some might be swapped out for others, but True. they play the exact same way. Right. Yes. So the turn order is the same. There's not really any benefit one or the other, um, but you might experience something different if you do play one different. Mm-hmm. They have really cool, unique 
world ships that are these miniatures, mm -hmm. which is really a really cool backstory. I won't get into it in too much detail, but essentially, Ryan Lockett, number one, he he designs the games, he does the art, he writes for them, and now he learned specifically how to sculpt miniatures just so he could do them in this game. Pretty cool. That is pretty awesome. Yeah. And they're very well done. Mm-hmm. So the game, um, you can it's pretty open ended as far as what you want to do. Sure. And it's really cool. I like the way it works. It's got the you've got a lead player each round, and that player chooses an action. Everybody else can either follow them, do the same action, or they can opt to do something different by paying a cost, or they can do something as simple as refreshing, which is like upkeep, gain your income, reset your points that you can spend to do actions. That well, and your ability to to move, yes. to navigate. Mm -hmm. Um, because Which is very important. Yes. Um, you only have a certain amount of spaces you are allotted. Right. And you expend those, and you have to refresh in mm -hmm. order to gain those back. Otherwise, you're just sitting there. Yeah, absolutely. Which that's – you don't need to sit there. <laughs> you need to get around the galaxy. Mm -hmm. Which is really cool. The board looks great. It's variable setup each time you play. So the planets are random when you lay them out, mm -hmm. and they all have different native – Races that you can ally with. You can either conquer through force by mm -hmm. taking control of the planet, or you can ally with them and be able to add those those natives to your team. And you've got different forces moving around throughout the galaxy. You can you can do combat. You can explore tokens of these little planets that have resources on them. It's really neat. It um, is. It's it's like a sandbox. Mm -hmm. Really, it definitely is. You it's you do what you want. And you just want to get points, and you do that again through control or alliances, completing missions, pick up and deliver missions, which is a neat touch to this game. And so overall, I think this is an excellent addition to the Red Raven line of board games. What do you think? I agree. Mm -hmm. um, one thing that I thought was really fun after hearing you mention it was there are design elements here that he had been... Hadn't Ryan Lockett been working on this game while he made some of his other current games, yes, such like as Near and Far and Klondike Rush? Islebound. It was a big one. Oh, that okay. When he was working on a second edition of this game, it, it turned into Islebound. Okay. Because, mm -hmm. yes, there are some very familiar mechanics mm -hmm. in this game mm -hmm. that um, are evident in Islebound, but it's still a totally different game. I agree. It's It feels like you can see the similarities, but they're masked so well in the theme and how they connect with other actions and mechanisms that it's not, oh, okay, this is a blatant ripoff of Islebound. This is its own thing. Well, yes, and I will go further with that of just, just basically the board. Yes. You have to follow along mm -hmm. these paths, mm -hmm. these charted paths um, that some of them lead you through obstacles and whatnot. That's not the case in Islebound. Right. And so that's another added mm -hmm. detail in yeah. Yeah. game but something else that's super fun you mentioned you just barely touched on the artwork mm -hmm. you know i'm just so used to these games we've been mentioning that they're kind of a primitive yeah, absolutely um setting mm -hmm. and this is very futuristic yeah. sci-fi and so i was i was i'm really uh, excited to get to see this mm -hmm. new side of uh, ryan lockett's artwork mm -hmm. and so that's been really cool to yeah. look at too so I want to get to my, my overall thoughts here. When I first played it, I played it two-player. I've played a couple more times than you have. Um, but at two-player, I was like, okay, this is fun. I see some some enjoyment here, but it's not, I'm not really blown away by it. But each game I've played since, my enjoyment of it increases because you discover new things. You can, you, you can do something completely different. 
um, when you play, you include different planets, so the cards that are involved from your from your events and the cards you have at your disposal for whether it's your power cards or your actions and that kind of thing are different based on what planets you put in there. And I love the variability of that. And in addition to that, you've got various modes of play is a high replayability factor with this game. And I discover something new, like I said, every time I play. And it's wonderful. Well, that's true. Like this most recent game that we played where Mm. you taught me and another friend of ours, you said this was the closest in score yes um we think it was like a six or seven point spread and we all chose different Mm -hmm. paths to victory absolutely that that's very neat and so i am looking forward to exploring those different things to do it's definitely a great sign of a a well-balanced game if you can do several different strategies and still be very close in score very true Right. Well, there you have it. Those are some reasons why you should be interested in this game and want to fill out our survey to be entered into a drawing to Mm -hmm. win a copy of Empires of the Void 2 from Red Raven Games. Don't forget the secret word, Raven. Ah! (laughs) (laughs) That should... Okay. Any video they do now has to have that sound effect. Oh, (laughs) no. All right. I believe it's your turn. Oh, good. What am I talking about? (laughs) Next, we have actually expanded upon a game that we've talked about uh, in previous podcast episodes. Uh, That was Cult Express, and we did acquire one of the expansions and just got to test it out recently, and it's a lot of fun. And that's uh, Horses and Sagecoach. And this is really neat. What I I really like, it doesn't change the game at all. Mm -hmm. You still do the same things of you play or you pick a bandit. Each bandit has its own special ability. Um, You have a card that you lay out that tells you if you play how many cards you play and um, if they're face up or face down or if you do two in a row or whatnot. And then you reveal those cards and you do your program action, program movement phase. And um, the differences here are (laughs) – Horses and a stagecoach. What? <laughs> I know, shocking. Um, so each player has a horse, mm-hmm. and they're really cool little horse meeples that the uh, that your bandit meeples fit into. Uh-huh. Think kind of like the Lego Movie. Yes, or Legos if you've ever played with Lego horses. I never played with those. Mm-hmm. I the first time I ever saw them was in the Lego <laughs> Movie. I know, I know, deprived childhood. Yes, thank you. You're too busy playing outside. I was. I was jumping on the trampoline and getting dirty while you... while I was in there shielding my eyes from the sun. Yes. <laughs> and um, so you've got these horses, and the first part of the game is kind of a pressure luck thing of figuring out which train car you're going to. And start the game in. So each person takes their horse meeple into their hand. And uh, you start at the back of the train. And you work your way forward. And everybody, one, two, three, reveal. And you either show your horse. Or you say, clip, clop, clip, clop, yee-haw. <laughs> it's so much fun. <laughs> and if you reveal your horse, that means your horse is going to be next to that train car. And you, are going, you your bandit, are going to be inside of that train car. If you say, clip, clop, clip, clop, yee-haw, that means you are continuing forward. You're going to try and ride further up the train and get closer up to the engine. Mm-hmm. You keep going until all of the horses have been, all of the bandits have been dispersed. You put the stagecoach, which is another cool – first off, we loved getting to have this 3D train. Yeah. Now we've got this super cool 3D stagecoach complete mm-hmm. with its own horses yeah. draw, pulling it. Mm-hmm. Um, you get to put that next to the train now. So 
you have a couple of routes of transportation to and from the stagecoach. <laughs> one of which is horses, mm-hmm. obviously, but <laughs> you can get punched. <laughs> <laughs> Can't even get it out. Across from the train to the stagecoach, or vice versa. Mm. And I guess if it's, isn't it Django when he shoots you, he knocks you over? Yeah, he knocks he, you back one. Yeah, Django can shoot you across <laughs> to the stagecoach or back. And um, so that's really fun. Yeah. Um, something new that this game adds, um, as I talked about those cards that reveal like how you're going to play your cards and whatnot, mm-hmm. and then there's an end action. Yeah. You get new ones in this yes. game that um, give you some new fun treats. Mm-hmm. Also, the strong box is not on the train anymore. Mm-mm. It is on the stage coach wow and so you have to go across to the stagecoach if you want the big money but also in that stagecoach are potential hostages <laughs> and you can take a hostage which you get additional ransom money right. at the end of the game for them but there's also a disadvantage to having them uh for an example my hostage was the old lady this is so awesome <laughs> My hostage was the old lady. She made me only move one space at a time whenever I used the movement card because it's an old lady. She can't move that well, and I'm having to drag her along with me everywhere I go. But she was also worth a lot of money yeah. at the end of the game. Um, so there are all these enhancements mm-hmm. that I really enjoy because we've been using this game to introduce the program action, program movement mechanism to mm-hmm. our friends. And now, you know, when we come to play it just for our pure enjoyment, it's gotten a little bit stale. Yeah. And so this has just added a new oh, – it's breathed new life into the game for me. Absolutely. And that's really exciting, and that makes me super excited to get the other expansion, but not for a little while. We need to play through this one a few more times. Maybe. <laughs> might just go ahead and get it. Might as well. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> no, I'm with you. I, I think my favorite thing in, in hindsight – well, I love the horses, using those to, like, move – Back and forth across the train quicker. Yes. And then the fact that if you jump onto a horse and someone has stolen it from you, you don't get to jump off. That's I wish I wish it was included that you would fall and like break your leg. <laughs> you can't ever leave the train, so right. unless you're on the horse or the or the stagecoach. Yep. Um, but I like that, and I really like the hostages. Initially, I didn't think it was a big deal, but they really changed the outcome of the game because they're worth so much money. But they also can handicap you too. Yes. So there's a lot. There's a a balance there you have to discover which what's best for you true so mm-hmm. if you've been enjoying the game um, i highly suggest that you look at these expansions there's two of them but for right now the one we're talking about is horses and stagecoach for cult express next my last game i want to talk about is a tale of pirates we've discussed this on the show before when we talked about what we played at bgg con this last year but i want to get a little bit more in depth about it so this is a Speaking of program action, it's kind of a program actions slash worker placement game, right? Mm-hmm. So you put a worker on a act on a space, and like a worker placement game, when you put it there, you do the action, and no one else can, and no one else can. However, in this case, it's programmed because your worker is a sand timer, mm-hmm. right? And so you put it there, you have to do that action, but you can't undo it. Yes. Until the time runs out. Right, which also gives a real-time element to the game. Yes, so absolutely. There's a timer in the form of an app that that runs the game, essentially. All of the action and the things you do are on the table in physical form. The app just runs you through the scenario and provides the timer. Um, It adds some other things, too, though. Yes. I was, I was going to get to those. I want to finish the explanation of the game, of the mechanism. Cool. So, you're on a pirate ship. 
and there are different actions around the ship. It's a 3D, it's not a flat, it's a really cool 3D pirate ship. It is very well designed. Check out our Instagram for, for pictures of it. But there are actions around the ship like you would normally have on a pirate ship. Like you can load a cannon, you can shoot the cannon, you can get in the crow's nest and see what's coming up. You can turn the direction of the ship, you can change the speed. All of these actions have places on the board, or on the ship, and in order to do them you need to put your sand timer. As soon as you put it down, though, you can't pick it up. So, say I go to load the can, or say say I go to shoot the cannon, but I had forgotten. Oops, there's no cannonball in there. Yeah. I just waited like thirty seconds of the time. What a drag! Yeah. Um. So you have to really be be thinking about what you need to do. This ship sits on a round board made up of a couple different pieces, and they're quadrant sectors, I guess you could say. Well, kind of like a a compass. Exactly. And outside of that are cards that, depending on the scenario, the game will tell you which ones to put in. They may include enemy ships. They may include a target that you're trying to board and take their money. Mm -hmm. Um, Again, it's just completely dependent on the scenario. You mix those up, put those out, and you don't know what's there until you either move in that direction, or get up in the crow's nest and flip it over and see what's there. Which you're going to want to do that, mm-hmm. A, so you know which direction to turn, yeah. which is another action, but also because there are different obstacles as well, like rocks, yeah. that if you're if it's revealed by mm-hmm. turning your ship toward it, that means you hit it, yeah. and your ship loses a health. Yes, you have a limited amount of health, which that will, will decrease it. Also, those enemy ships that are around, your, around you, if you don't deal with those and destroy them... <laughs> At the end of the round, if they're still there, they have the potential to deal damage to you. Mm-hmm. So you've got to take those into account in addition to whatever your objective is. Right. There's so, a lot. Yes. So getting back to the app, speaking of a lot, the app On will, top of yes, that. Yes. The app will randomly throw an event at you. Right. Something like a doldrum, yes. which is when the wind dies mm-hmm. and you have no wind in your sail. So your speed will t- all of a sudden drop to zero. Yeah. Which means you cannot move and you can't turn. Or a tidal wave will come and turn you a completely different direction that you were trying to go to. True. And so some of these scenarios you may be doing like you're trying to escape or you're trying to steal X amount of treasure or whatever the case is. Well, there are lots of different because there are 10 missions in this game. Wow. And again, the app is so well done. It's like a game in that... You like a well, okay. <laughs> what do you know? Yeah, what do you know? It's like an app game in that you need to complete a mission before you can move on to the next one. So it doesn't let you. Eh, I can't beat this. We're just going to move on to the next one. No, you have to beat it. Luckily, because the app is what tells you what cards to put yes. out on the board. Yes, and it's really neat. It guides you through the step setup process each round very nicely. Yes, it's a beautiful app. Very well done, just developmentally. Mm-hmm. Um, but what's really cool is you can change the difficulty like you can in a digital game it just determines your setup you know how much time you have or how much points you lose for whatever actions you don't complete but what are the different difficulty levels laura um well those would be easy medium and hell yeah so these can escalate quite quickly from the medium setting but what's really cool is at the end of the game 
you enter into the app, okay, this is how many points we have left, how many health points we have left. This is, we did complete the objective, but, you know, here's our outcome. And then based on how well you do, it'll give you a star rating. Again, like a game, an app game. Mm -hmm. So it's really cool. You can say, yeah, I got two stars. I can move on, but maybe I want to do that again next. Come back and do it so I can If you're a completionist, yeah. Yes, absolutely. And one final thing that's awesome about this game is that each time you beat a mission and you go on to the next one, there's a package kind of like a legacy game Mm -hmm. that introduces new components, whether it's new cards or new actual pieces. Yeah, new parts of your ship. New parts of the ship. Uh That's, it's, it's, I love it because we haven't com- played through all of the missions yet, but you see little places on the ship that you know something's going there. Yes. And so it's really exciting to, ooh, I want to move is, on. When is this yes. going to happen? Yes. So if you like cooperative games, if you like real-time games, and you like unique, very thematic games, right? This is very thematic. I mm-hmm. feel like I'm a pirate running around frantically. Mm-hmm. We really, I, I recommend this one if you can get a hold of it. Great. So finally, um, a game that I want to talk about is Mythos Tales. Oh, yes. This was previously published by 8th Summit Games and has now been picked up by Gray Fox. And this is going to be a game that's very familiar to those of you who have played Sherlock Holmes Consulting Detective. You are given a mystery, a case. Uh, In that game, it's by Sherlock. In this game, it is by Professor Armitage. He gives you names places what happened what time of day it was all these little details that you need and then you are given free reign on arkham to go and explore and investigate and try to solve this mystery there are a few things that are key though that i really like about this game and i actually it make they make me prefer this game over consulting detective mm-hmm. um one of those things is that professor armitage gives you a range of how many leads you need to fall you will need to follow in order to solve the case. Mm-hmm. For instance, the first case that we did is he said you should be able to solve this case within six to eleven mm-hmm. encounters. Yeah. Um, also, something really cool about this game is they have a time tracker. They divide the days into three sections: morning, afternoon, and evening. Mm-hmm. And each encounter that you fall that you go to every lead that you go to will take up one of those time slots Mm -hmm. and he gives you a cutoff time of we we need to meet back on the fifth day in the evening or Mm -hmm. whatever and so you will put a marker on the track there and then you'll move your little magnifying glass or no it's a time hourglass marker Mm -hmm. um to indicate where you are in your time tracker so those two things alone i feel like are so helpful to an investigator. It helps streamline. It helps you stay focused. Right. Absolutely. Um, and I think it makes it more, the stakes are a little bit higher that there's a time element, right? Yes. The, the you know. Well, it's a lot more pressing in this. Yes. And it's a lot more mm-hmm. evident to you. Because, yes, there is a time element in Consulting Detective. You don't know what, you don't it, know is. what it is. You have no clue. The first time we played it, we didn't even know there was a mm-hmm. thing like that. And so we ended up following like 26 leads or something. And Sherlock had solved it in Six. seven or yeah. something. We got a negative 80 yeah, we got a very bad score on that. And um, <laughs> in this game, he gives you those parameters, mm-hmm. and uh, and and it's very easy to stick to. Yeah, uh, you you do get the Arkham advertiser newspaper. That's that, so cool. Uh, tells you about 
what has happened that day mm-hmm. and and gives you possibilities of other information to help you follow leads or help you fill in gaps where you haven't known any information. These newspapers are a lot more concise and um, streamlined, or I would say streamlined in that there aren't, there aren't that many red herrings in right. this, whereas mm-hmm. in Consultant Detective, those newspapers are chock full of information that, frankly, I feel like they have more information in them for investigations that will be in the future. Right. Because in both games, you can use post-dated newspapers. I feel like in Consulting Detective, you're going to want to look back more. Mm-hmm. Whereas in this game, it seems like it's much more pertinent information for that current investigation in that newspaper. Right. Um so you'll decide where you want to go. You'll look in a directory, and it will tell you um, a letter and a number kind of address for where you'll find this person or this location. And then you'll flip in that in your book to that location. You'll move your encounter thing on the time tracker, and then you'll read that, and you'll glean information from that and decide from there, okay, where to next? Right. And you kind of pass the decision making back and forth between all of the players. Spencer and I prefer playing this two player game. Yes. And um, I've even played this as a two player game with someone else other than Spencer is actually our uh, gamekeeper. He said it's something else because we're playing Call of Cthulhu keeper. with him. He's our, with our keeper for yep. Call of Cthulhu. Mm-hmm. Um, and we really enjoyed it. We had a lot of fun. Again, we've <laughs> been in this um, this universe with our Call of Cthulhu game. In fact, my investigator is a reporter for the Arkham Advertiser. So that's really, yeah. that's really fun. It was really neat. Opening that up and finding neat. that newspaper uh, was really neat. But some exciting things about this game that I'm really looking forward to. You, first off, you get a deck of cards. And you have no idea what they're for. Mm-hmm. They're numbered 1 through 19. And you just find out later as you go through the book. I'm not going to spoil anything. But as you go further into the investigations, of course, start at the first one and work your way back. Right. Those will get implemented later. Mm-hmm. And um, it's a very exciting yeah. thing with adding those in, which is another thing that Consulting Detective doesn't have. Mm-hmm. And I feel like it's very thematic with the Lovecraft uh, mm-hmm. mythos. Also, there are some other tokens in there, some magnifying glasses that are different colors. And it actually tells you in the book, these will be implemented in the next book. You don't even need them for this current one. So that's just promising. And (laughs) and it's like a little tiny taste and makes me go, I want more. More. I'm ready for the next book. Not even halfway through this book yet. (laughs) Right, exactly. And so I'm just super excited about that. And um, so you do your investigation. You go to the next – you go to the end of the – that section of the book, you answer a series of questions, then you flip the page and you get the correct answers for the questions and it tells you how many points you get if you answered them correctly. Mm-hmm. And then there are these three little separate paragraphs that tell you a, a score range of how well you did. And uh, after that, you get to read Armitage's professor, recap. his his explanation recap of yeah. what happened. And then you get to see the exact number of leads and well, the names of the leads that he mm-hmm. followed. He started at blah, 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 and that led him to blah, blah, blah. And so you can compare your investigation mm-hmm. with Professor Armitage. It's really neat. And again, I just feel like there aren't as many red herrings in this game. I, I, I agree. I think the word you the hit on was concise. It's much more yes. focused. Yes. Um, there's not so many ways that you can veer off the path, but there still are plenty of options you can go to that if you're not really focusing on the leads that you get – 
then you can veer off. Right. So I think it's much more manageable. Yes. I do still like Consulting Detective yes. in the th- in the theming the theme. mm-hmm. and the production quality. Right. Those newspapers are amazing. Yeah. That map is incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, and we haven't even gotten into the Whitechapel murders right. section of it yet, the Jack the really Ripper neat. cases. Um, but I think just maybe I just need to do more Mythos Tales and get my mind better at doing this in order to do well think, with consulting detective. I think you're right. Absolutely. It's like I think a warm up. This would be a good warm up for consulting detective. That's Absolutely. Great. Now I understand that Lovecraft and Cthulhu mythos is not everybody's bag. Mm-hmm. And I totally understand that. And I know that we are like <laughs> weirdo fanatics. <laughs> I think I was told once that I'm geek hot for liking it. Well, you're geek hot for several reasons. Oh, but. hush. So, um, I understand if that's not your thing, and if you don't really want to part in it, that's fine. But I'm telling you that I just really think that this streamlining um, can really give you a new gameplay if you are interested in that style of game. Absolutely. And I'm totally with you. I like both. like Mythos Tales better. But I think the thing I like best about these games is that they don't give you specific questions to answer, right? Mm-hmm. It's just like, here's the problem. Find out as much as information as you can. True. And then at the end of the thing, it's like, okay, what is the answer to this question? I have no idea. <laughs> you know, because you didn't know you're supposed to be looking for that. True. But it's it's fun, and I and I love the open-endedness of it. So, yes. definitely. Right, and that's Mythos Tales. Awesome. Well, we have one more thing to talk about before we wrap this one up. Yes. Um, if, Do you mind if I go forward? Um. Why don't we do it together? Okay. So we have some, we made some friends. Yes, we did. Um, they are game publishers. And slash designers. And slash a married couple. Yes. And they're so awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, four kids and able to find time mm-hmm. to design board games. Yes. And this they are with Kara Games, C-H-A-R-A. Mm-hmm. And their mission is to kind of make the biblically themed board game that is accessible and exciting to any gamer. Right. Really. You don't want the boring Bible themed trivial pursuit with yeah. a dove on the box, Boo. you know? Boo. Well and, and you're right. Good for good for gamers, but also at the same time, if someone some non gamer will go into the store and pick this up because of its theme would open up a brand new world to them of how awesome board games are these days. Yes, because they are taking these super awesome mechanics that we love mm-hmm. about all of these other games and putting them into these new games that are historically and biblically themed. Mm-hmm. And um, just it's a super exciting thing that they're doing. Well, and- absolutely. And what I really appreciate about what they do is that none of their games are like preachy, right? Right. It's more about... Just the theme. The historical the context. The historical context and the theme. They provide that for you if you want to pursue the knowledge of that, mm-hmm. but it's not crammed down your throat in the form of the game itself. Very, very true. And I appreciate that, le- that they leave that decision up to you if you want to get into that or not. Right. So one of their games that we recently reviewed is Commissioned, and it's got several different modules and missions that you can follow as a disciple Um proselytizing and evangelizing in the old world Mm -hmm. and 
it's it's really awesome of, of doing like an area control kind of thing honestly it's, i could see someone who's like a fan of small world or something mm-hmm. digging this game yeah i mean i think of it as, almost as a frankenstein game is what i call it because it's got several different mechanisms in it deck building area control area influence um you know action selection uh, True. cooperative yes. there's so much going on in there but it works so well together and i was very impressed by how seamless those mechanisms fit together yes they did an excellent job with that mm-hmm. so if you're more if you are interested in that game you can go check out our review on the dice towers youtube channel mm-hmm. um but more recently they've just started a kickstarter for a new game yeah called soul of the empire mm-hmm. and this game is an asymmetrical game for four players yes well two to four but up to four yeah Okay, yes. And those factions are the Jews, the Christians, the Romans, and the Coalition. Right. And what's what's really cool is you said asymmetrical. And when I hear that term, some other games have made me kind of fear it. Because if you get too asymmetrical, essentially, you're learning a new game for each role. That is so true. Like, four players sitting down together mm-hmm. to play that game... Mm-hmm. You can't ask for help from anybody else because they're trying to do something extremely different. Well, and then to teach it, you're teaching a couple of different games. And so when it's not your turn to learn your role, you got to sit there and listen to everybody else. So it's yes. kind of frustrating. So I was kind of uh, a little worried about this one. But they do an excellent job, again, of providing just enough differences in each of these factions. And not only differences for the purpose of being different but thematic differences right mm-hmm. so the way they operate their goals the the way that the main mechanisms are tweaked just slightly to be thematic with with that faction is very well done and not too much to where it's overwhelming and that you have to learn a new role or a new game for each role right i felt like it was very well done um but it's what else so we talked about that it's, it's thematic right but it just makes sense what you're trying to accomplish with each of these with each of these factions in that time definitely but the different mechanisms that they use to carry this out are very fascinating mm-hmm. to me so um you have a dice rolling element to this game yeah. where you're trying to either make a set or run mm-hmm. of dice and whatever you can make of those two groups that's what you use to carry out your different actions that you're wanting to do yeah which is i mean no it's I, it's amazing when i read it on paper i was like this is very interesting and then in practice it was even better yes because sure you've seen sequences or trying to get sets but never i've never seen it as implemented as your action points right because yeah you take the die and you you put it with the action that you're doing so if you had a set of five or you had a set of fives in your dice you can dedicate one of those to like your move action so then another you, one to recruitment right and so that's the amount of the action that you're doing yes which is really cool I, it was so neat that yeah. is just really really cool mm-hmm. something else that i really like about this game is there are each faction has their own like special goal that mm-hmm. you can just work toward that to achieve to win the game right or there are several different cards at the top of the board which changes out round per round yeah correct? whenever you claim one they put put a new one in there right so part of that dice rolling mechanism of those dice to assign to these mm-hmm. different actions you can use one to claim one of those completed actions at the top yeah which are worth points to the end of the game to mm-hmm. try to win that way yeah 
Yeah. So yeah, you're either trying to complete your specific goal or complete a certain number of those objectives at the top. And I like that because you can go all in on your goal, but then halfway through the game, you may realize, oh, you know what? I could probably win faster this game by completing those objectives at the top. But you have to cl- claim the objective before somebody else does. Right. Absolutely. It, it, it's it's very interesting. So I like that you don't get so cornered into your your faction's objective, right? So if it's just not going your way this game, you can abandon all hope there and just complete objectives, which right. is really cool. Right. Right. So at its core, it's it's area control and asymmetrical and historical and so if, if those kinds of games don't interest you, then sure, this probably might, might, might not be your cup of tea, but don't turn on, don't shy away from this one because of, you know, the theme. Yes, definitely. So be sure and check it out on Kickstarter. That is Soul of the Empire mm-hmm. from Kara Games. All right, that about wraps it up for mm-hmm. this episode. And last reminder, marriedwithbg.com slash survey, secret word, Raven. Raven. With a capital R. Capital, yes. Don't forget that capital R. Man, that could be make or break. Mm, yep. All right. Do you have anything else? I do have one more thing. Um, don't worry about forgetting about this, the contest because we're going to be sharing it out quite frequently on social media. So You just need to remember. But, yeah, worry about forgetting the key, the secret word. Yeah. Yeah, because we're not going to do it there. If you need to just come back and listen to us, we'll tell you as many times as you want us to when you Raven. listen to this episode. Raven. 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 Okay. Okay. I think that's <laughs> enough. So follow us on social media if you aren't already. Twitter at MarywithBG. Instagram, MarywithBG. Facebook.com slash MarywithBG. Email us. Tell us what you think. Just say hi. Tell us a topic you'd like us to cover. Leave a review for us on iTunes. Yes. That would be really cool. That would be helpful. Hey, you know what? You can specifically email Laura if you want to talk to her. You can email Laura at MarriedWithBG.com. If you want to talk to me, I know most people don't want to, but you can do that at Spencer at MarriedWithBG.com. Laura, that's all I got. All right. Uh, Be watching our social medias. We've got some exciting stuff coming up, like... FallsCon here in Wichita Falls, which one of our friends from social media as well, uh, Joe from Art of Board Game, is going to be joining us. Yes. We're so excited. Yes. And so be watching there for all of our hijinks. (laughs) Anyway, uh, that wraps it up for episode 36 of the Married with Board Games podcast. I'm Laura. I'm Spencer. Thank you so much for listening. (laughs) 